0: Welcome to Stu's EV Universe, where you can find anything and everything electric vehicle. Today on the podcast, I have the honor to uh, be talking to Joost DeVries, CEO of DeLorean Motor Company. Uh, welcome, Joost.
1: Thank you, Stuart. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, I, this is really exciting to me. I mean, DeLorean is such an icon. Um, can you, I guess, maybe just start with a little bit of the history of um, how you got involved with this and, and some of your background?
1: Sure. Let's start with my background. I've been in the automotive space since I was 12. Uh, many different countries, many different continents. uh, 25 years with AB Volvo, number of years with Tesla at the transition from Roadster to Model S. Uh, Then I moved over to uh, uh, Karma Automotive, been there six and a half years. And a number of years ago, I got in contact with the DeLorean brand because we were trying to electrify the old 1980s DMC 12. Great project, nice idea. Uh, New legislation was gonna come out out of Washington uh, during the Obama administration called SPNCS, which allowed manufacturers to do small series of retro cars, so build new cars, but don't have to homologate them. Now that fell apart. Uh, The Trump administration never uh, Approved that legislation. And actually, a few weeks ago, the Biden administration finally approved it. But a few years ago, we, we worked with uh, Stephen Wynn, who was the owner of the brand and has been for the last three decades, and said, you, We're thinking too small. This brand is big enough to stand on its own. We should really try to look for a solution to bring this back as a full line OEM. So here we are.
0: No, that's great. And I mean, um, so you have things, you're getting things set up in Texas, correct?
1: Correct. Uh, our headquarters are now in San Antonio, Texas, and, uh, we are moving into our first semi-permanent building this Friday. So it's a very exciting time. And, uh, we're in ramp up mode now here in Texas. And
0: I, I, you know, the DeLorean, I, I've known of, you know, things here and there where, um, companies will take a DeLorean and they will electrify it. So that's something very different. Um, What you are, in essence, doing is, uh, if I'm correct, is you're reimagining the DeLorean. Is is it uh, something that you're having, kind of taking a classic, which is really in vogue right now, I mean, with Ford, um, you have the F-150 Lightning, you have the Ford Mustang Mach-E, with Chevy, you have the Chevy Silverado EV and the Chevy Blazer EV. So the timing of this seems to be just right on. And it's interesting that people, that these companies are kind of going with tried and true, perhaps even emotional um, connections to these vehicles and kind of using that as a starting point. is this something that you're working with a designer i assume um maybe two or three things that are the same as the original delorean two or three things that are are different um what is your vision for that
1: lots of questions yeah (laughs) yeah there's a narrative to it so um relaunching an electrified dmc12 from 1980 this is a ground up new design But what we did do is go back into the history of 1975 to 1983 and see who was very influential in the the DeLorean of that era. And one of the biggest names of the industry was Giugiaro, who was the original designer who owned at that time a design house called Itel Design. And we went back to Italy, talked to to the man who is now in his 80s, talked to his son and found out that they never stopped designing DeLoreans. Then we went to Itel Design, who is now owned by the Volkswagen Group. And we met a whole bunch of people there who were actually involved in the original DeLorean. And they showed us designs of cars that never seen the public eye. It was amazing. We saw sedans, uh, coupes, uh, a city bus. I mean, there were a lot of different things that came out of the drawers that gave us the, the, the gravitas of saying, OK, we have a phenomenal history. There's no point in going back to the past, get a retro car that's awesome, and then electrify it. We have enough material here to really reimagine what this car and what this brand should be. Right. So what you will actually see over the next 90 days is that we're going to introduce to the market the 1990 DeLorean, the 2000 DeLorean, and the 2010 DeLorean before we're going to launch our new vehicle. So there is so much history there that we actually have 40 years of cars that we can launch into the marketplace, even though they've never been produced. It, it's it's amazing. A, a nice side story to that is that we met three generations of designers in Italy. The grandfather and the father and the son have all been involved over the last 40 years with the brand DeLorean. It's been a phenomenal journey.
0: That's really wild. Um, and I, I kind of, I wonder about, um... Any like, challenges um, you know, that came up as, as you're going along um, you know, with, with where you are right now? I mean, what, what, are, what are your major challenges? I'm assuming this is not um, a, a car that is going to be for everybody out there. It's, it's going to be a very specific demographic.
1: Yeah, the, the challenges for us was really, as a, as a car manufacturer, you want to be in the heart of the growing market, and that is an SUV. Right. There is no way that the brand can sustain a DeLorean coming back as an SUV. So we made the decision, it has to be a coupe. Right. That, that, that is the, and it has to have Gullwing doors. There's just a few brand characteristics you cannot get away from. Right. We also made the decision, it has to be electric. And right. if you make that decision, you have to tell to yourself, what kind of range do we want? And if you want to have a big enough range, you need to carry a lot of battery. And if you carry a lot of battery, it means you have a long wheelbase. And if you have a long wheelbase, it it means you get a short hood and a long rear of the car. So design-wise, it was really challenging for us to make something iconic again with gullwing doors, but given the realities of how we have to package our new drivetrain and our new chassis. So that was probably the biggest journey that we've gone through over the last months and months now
0: right and have you how's been the reaction so far i mean um back to the future you know is is uh i mean the delorean in that actually i guess you could even make a case that it was a character in the film it it was just had so much character it was so iconic that um i can't imagine the film without that vehicle um so people really been embracing this have have they been like uh it's about time uh, you know that kind of
1: thing we haven't really told the market anything we were were comfortable in for super bowl to tell the world in a super bowl ad delorean is back but basically we launched t-shirts. we haven't shown the car yet right (laughs) right so the reaction from that has been absolutely mind-blowing it is it has been so busy it's the DeLorean as a brand has been, a. it never left the market, it lived in Lego, it lived in Playmobil, it lived in an Abercrombie and Fitch clothing line, it, it lived on Forza, need for speed, asphalt. So the brand never left the market, it just didn't produce cars. Right. It's also a brand that's very clean, it's a wholesome, it's a feel good brand. So when we said to the market in February, We're going to do something. The reaction has been so positive. It's been really, really, really good. Now we need to obviously show the market what are we going to do with the brand. And that is why we are first going to bring the public through 40 years of of cars before we start showing our real new car. And that's going to be a fantastic journey over the next couple of months.
0: That's, I mean, super interesting. That's a really great idea. And uh, I kind of commend you for that because I think, the knee-jerk reaction would be, let's just show what we're doing, but you're yeah. kind of, you're kind of showing an evolution, which is yeah. uh, pretty neat to kind of get that insider view. Um, now let's talk a little bit about, you know, why Texas, um, why, um, you know, it's interesting that, you know, so you have Motown, you know, historically, and then, I mean, here in Kentucky, we we have Ford doing this massive battery plant. You have th- projects going on in Tennessee. You have, Texas going on with with Tesla you know so what's that like and and what what are you going to be able to offer as far as jobs and all of that
1: we we looked at four different states and we looked at when we look at locations it is about can we attract talent I mean to build a, a company from start it's all about people so can we attract the right talent to where we're going to be then the second level is can we afford where we want to be so There are certain places that are very expensive in the US and certain places that are relatively less expensive. And then is there an ecosystem that can support us? Is is there a supply base? Is the the academics feeding us new uh, young engineers that we need to talk to? And then the the, the quality of life. So then we were down to four states um, and and after that we did an, an assessment and we were down to two. Uh, South Carolina and Texas. Uh, they both offered us uh, a lot of good things. Ultimately, San Antonio, Texas became the winner simply because Tesla's next door in Austin, Toyota's already here, Nevastar just moved their headquarters to San Antonio. There's a very mature supply base. We have the University of Monterey in Mexico, just over the border that has a phenomenal automotive engineering program. And we have a lot of people that did the carousel in the California startups and are dying to get rid of California. So Texas offered a lot of positives. Um, Then the location we picked in Port San Antonio is what they call a tax-free zone. Uh, It's a former military base. So that uh, there's an additional set of uh, financial benefits that in the end, San Antonio became the logical choice.
0: Great. And uh, what can people expect? I mean, as far as going for more information on this and and finding out and as you're unveiling things, um, can you kind of uh, point to that before we wrap up?
1: Um, I'd say you will see us launching our generational vehicles as we call them over the next I'd say 45 days um okay. before the end of spring you'll see our new vehicle and then in august we will have the physical vehicle uh at the concours d'Elegance at pebble beach so we're very close to showing the world our production intent vehicle super exciting
0: yeah i mean um uh, i was really looking forward to this personally um it's amazing I, you know i i like to see different things you know like you were saying Lots of SUVs out there. Um, it's nice to see that there's this kind of spark of creativity and, and uh, something that's so iconic is, is going to be living on in a way. Cool. So.
1: There's one plug I need to make. So if you sure. want to know what's going on, I would say go to DeLorean.com. Okay. Join us in our, in our newsletter. That is the earliest we're going to message out to people who signed up. Okay. And, and we'd love to grow that ecosystem.
0: Perfect. Thank you again for taking the time. Thank you, Stuart. Have right. a good one. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stu's EV Universe. I would like to thank Eden Unger for creating the artwork and the music for this episode. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, and share, as that's the only way we can continue to grow. Now you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Remember, the EV revolution runs on your energy. I'm Stuart Unger. See you next time.